0: I want to preach to you this morning on this thought, the end thereof. The end thereof. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12, what we opened with this morning, this is without a doubt one of my favorite scriptures. Um, I can tell you that almost every single day, I pray this Scripture. How many understand this morning that you need to learn to pray the Word of God? Amen. You need to quote Scripture when you're praying because it's not your words, it's His. Amen. And His words are powerful. And so I do quote a lot of Scripture. I do pray a lot of Scripture when I'm, when I'm praying in the mornings. This particular Scripture, Proverbs 14 and verse 12, uh I can honestly tell you this morning that I have been praying this Scripture almost every single morning for about the last probably three years. I've been praying that. I, I pray this Scripture in the mornings when, when I'm seeking guidance from the Lord. When I, when I come before the Lord in my morning prayer, and I'm asking God, I'm asking Him to order my steps for the day. I'm asking Him to, to direct my paths For the day ahead. Amen. This this is the the prayer that I pray because this particular scripture uh, has always struck a chord with me because it it allows me to understand uh, brother Carl that that every single day there's going to be uh, there's going to be a way that's going to seem right to my to my flesh. There's going to be a way that's going to seem right to my mind, to my to my carnal mind. Uh, There's going to be a way that's going to uh, it's going to seem right in my flesh. But this scripture then reminds me that that's not the way to go. opening scripture? Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That is our opening scripture this morning. But I have been praying that scripture for a few years. I get up in the morning, I pray that scripture, I'm seeking God for guidance. I'm praying God to lead me that day. And this Scripture tells me, like I, was, like I was saying, Brother Carl, this Scripture tells me that, that, that every day I'm going to be faced with certain decisions. Every day there's certain opportunities and things that's going to present itself to me. And, and, and there's, there's things that are going to seem right. It's going to look right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to feel right in my flesh. Uh, I'm going to be able to rationalize it as being right in my carnal mind. But this scripture, it reminds me that that's not the way to go. This scripture reminds me that it never ends well. Because it says that there's a way that seems right to a man. When you think it through, it's going to feel right in your mind. Amen. It's always going to feel right in your flesh. It's going to make sense in your carnal mind. But what I love about that scripture is it, it lets me know that the end of that decision, brothers and sisters... The end of that way that seems right, the Bible says, are the ways of death. I like that scripture because, Sister Lisa, it reminds me that those ways may seem right, but it is never going to end well. Amen. And so I was, uh, I was talking just a couple of minutes ago this, this past week following a doctor's appointment. I, I was off for the rest of the day. I had some hours alone at the house and so I went to the Lord in prayer. And as I was praying for direction, I was praying for the church. As I was praying for direction, I, I began to pray this scripture like I often do. I began to seek the Lord. And I said, Lord, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof. And then all of a sudden, brothers and sisters, I felt the Lord put the brakes on right there. That has never happened to me. Like I said, I've been praying this Scripture nearly every morning for at least the past three years. And that has never happened. But as I was seeking God for direction, I prayed, and I said, Lord, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof. And and, and I I can't really explain it except to say that God, for the very first time, He stopped me right there. And He caused me to, to zero in on that part of the Scripture. The part that says, the end thereof. And I felt the Lord check me right there. And I continued to walk the floor and pray. And as I did, and I began to focus and meditate on that part of the Scripture, God began to reveal to me that most people generally give very little thought to the end. Amen. Most people give very little thought to the end. But what I want us to understand this morning is that there is a space of time, amen, that God gives us between the way that seems right in the end. There's a space of time that God gives us, amen, between living our way and living disobediently and living according to our flesh in the end. There is a space of time that God gives us, brothers and sisters, and, and within that space of time, is allotted to every man. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says that time and chance happens to every man. And so within that space of time, between do whatever you want to do in the end, God allots that time. Amen. And He pours out grace and there's mercy in that time span. Amen. Between doing what feels right in the end, God dispenses grace and He gives mercy. Why does He do it? Amen. Because in that span of time, God gives you grace and mercy for repentance. But brothers and sisters, make no mistake about it this morning. The end does eventually come. But the problem you see this morning is that most people give very little thought to it. Right now, brothers and sisters, the prevailing thought in this country is not the righteous judgment of God that is coming. As a matter of fact, let me say it this way. The prevailing thought in this country right now is not the judgment of God, amen, that's being pronounced over this country right now. The prevailing thought in this country right now is all about Republicans and it's all about Democrats and it's all about a presidential election. Yet I've got a Bible right here that says that it is the one true and living God that raises up kings and kingdoms. And it's that same God that brings down kings and kingdoms. And so while I know there's a lot of Christians out there that are worshiping Donald Trump and Joe Biden, and I hope there ain't too many Christians out there worshiping I'm going to stop right there. But anyway, I know there's a lot of Christians out there worshiping politics right now. And that's where our mind is. And so generally, most people don't think about the end thereof. Matter of fact, if you can, if you can think back to a time when you were young, young people, my daughter's sitting over here, 16 years old. Hey man, I didn't think about the end when I was 16. When I was 16, the thought of dying, the thought of a grave, the thought of a headstone, none of that crossed my mind. When I was 16 years old, hey man, I was just wondering about what was going to happen in school next week. Maybe I was worried about my homework. Maybe I was, maybe I was planning out my, my future about what, I was, about what I was going to do after graduation. My mind, you see, when, when you're young, hey man, it feels like you're immortal. It feels like you're invincible. But many of us can probably testify here this morning, amen, as as age creeps up on you and you begin feeling the little aches and pains, amen, and maybe some medical issues crop up here and there, you become more and more aware of your own mortality, amen, if I could say it this way this morning, you become more and more aware, oh God help us today, amen, that for each and every one of us, brothers and sisters, the end will come! And so I know, I know the young people here today, I know the young people that will be listening to this, or the young people that might be watching this, hey man, it's not a thought that usually enters their mind, but make no mistake about it, hey man, it rains on the just and the unjust. Amen. You don't have to be a certain age when God calls you home. Amen. I pray this morning oh God's hand would rest upon every one of us. Amen. I don't want any harm to come to any of us. I don't want that pandemic. I don't want that virus. I don't want that sickness infecting this church. Amen. I don't want any of that in this place. Amen. Oh, but let me remind you this morning we serve a sovereign God. Amen. And it does rain on the just and the unjust. Hey man, there's a book that I have sitting on this pulpit this morning and it's a book full of promises. But the one promise I can't find in this book today is the promise that I'll have tomorrow. I have all kinds of promises today. Amen. And in Him are His promises, both yea and amen. Brother Carl, I'm a partaker of many promises today. Amen. God is true today. And He's blessed me. And He's been good to me. Amen. But I don't have a promise for tomorrow until He puts life and breath in my body tomorrow morning. I'm preaching to you this morning on the end thereof. The end thereof, because whether or not we think about the end, hey man, whether or not our minds dwell in the things of eternity, brothers and sisters, eternity is coming. And I know the Bible talks a lot about eternal life, hey man. And as Christians, we talk a lot about eternal life, hey man. But we got to understand this morning, hey man. Everybody that's born again of the water and spirit and living for God's going to have eternal life. And everybody that has rejected the love of God and lived a life of sin and disobedience, they're going to have eternal life too. Amen. The only difference is the destination. You see, the soul is going to live forever. The only difference is there's going to be some, amen, that's going to walk through the straight and narrow gate. There's going to be some... Amen. That's going to enter into glory. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Where there's never more a tear to be shed. There's never more a pain to be held in the body. There's never more another doctor visit. There's never more a sorrow or a worry or a depression. There's going to be those that are going to enter there and they're going to live forever. And then there's going to be many, the Bible says. Many that's going to enter into the broad gate. Amen. All oh, the Bible describes it as a terrible place. He says, where the worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. Jesus described it more than anybody else in Scripture. He said, it is a place of outer darkness where there is eternal, consistent weeping and gnashing of teeth. Your soul is going to live forever, whether you're saved or whether you're not. The difference is the destination. But make no mistake about it, this morning, every one of us will face the end thereof. The only difference will be in what condition is your soul when the end comes. That's the difference. I know it probably gets tiring Maybe, I don't know, maybe even to my family. I'm sure it's gotten tiring to my children over the course of years. But everything I see, brothers and sisters, I see through an eternal lens, I can't help it. Hey man, let me tell you something. It's just part of the calling. When God calls you to ministry, when God calls you to pastor, when God calls you to preach, when God calls you and He fills you with His Spirit and His love, I can't help but look at everything through the lens of eternity. When somebody passes away, I don't know. I'm sad for that family. But Sister Joyce, my mind, my mind can't help but wonder, were they born again? Did they have the truth? Had they obeyed Acts 2.38? I'm sad for that, but my mind automatically goes to eternity. Hey man, because I know, brothers and sisters, when death comes, even if death is painful, death is only for a moment. You hear me this morning, but eternity is forever. And so I'm sad for people that suffer. I'm sad for people that suffer with diseases. I'm sad for people that have loved ones. Hey man, that are laying in a hospital right now and dying. But my heart grieves more after the eternal state of the soul when the end finally comes. And so it's hard for me. It's hard for me to get excited about people's futures that are void of Jesus. It's hard for me to get excited about certain accomplishments when it's void of God. Because you hear me this morning. You can have every peace of the puzzle, amen, in your life. You can have wealth. You can have success. You can have money. You can have education. You can have everything you want. You can drive a nice car. And it may seem like every piece of the puzzle of your life is fitting together, but if there's a piece missing that has the name of the Lord Jesus on it, you hear me this morning, your life is incomplete. Your heart is incomplete. Your soul is incomplete. It doesn't matter if everything else is in line. Amen. If you're not full of the Holy Ghost and living for God, it doesn't really matter what else you got. Because when the end comes, you hear me this morning, when the end thereof comes, you'll be willing to trade it all. There's not one Lamborghini, BMW, Lexus, there's not one 30 room mansion. There's not one successful career when the end comes and you stand before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. There's nothing on this earth that you wouldn't give up in that moment when the end comes. So, why not get it now? Why not get it now? You say, Pastor, you're kind of bumming me out this morning. No, I'm not. I'm preaching to you what God gave to me. Amen. Because whether or not we want to admit it, let me me tell you something, brothers and sisters, denial just isn't a river in Egypt. Whether we want to face it or whether we don't, brothers and sisters, the end is coming for every one of us. I was so sad yesterday, I, I just happened to come across a GoFundMe page on Facebook of a young man I didn't even know looked to be about 18, 19 years old killed in a car accident. Hey man, I promise you when that young man left the house that day he didn't expect to die! But the end came! We don't know what today holds and we don't know what tomorrow holds but I promise you at some point hey man when God wills it to be so the end will come hey man hey man I I, I, I I'm sad for those young people hey man they they load up they load up in cars with all their friends and they drive down the road these young men they they, they get to act dumb because that's what young men do and sometimes young ladies act dumb too But you know, today's just a day, today's just Sunday. Today I'm just gonna hop in my car, get some friends, we're gonna drive to Richmond, we're gonna go to the mall, we're gonna walk around. But what if today? What if the end came today? What about the end thereof? I've seen, I've seen a little saying. It, maybe, I don't know if it's still as popular today as it was a while back, but I've seen this little, this little saying, and, and I've seen it on bumper stickers, I've seen it on uh, back window decals of, of, of uh, pickup trucks. I, I've even seen it tattooed on quite a few different people. It's this little saying, it reads like this, it says, Only God can judge me. Only God can judge me. And i got to admit to you this morning, brothers and sisters, when I've come across people, when I see that in the back window of a pickup truck, or I see that written, tattooed down the arm of somebody, I've got to tell you, my heart is grieved when I see that. Because I think to myself, do you understand the gravity of that statement? Do you understand the weight of what you are declaring? Do you understand the gravity of what you are admitting to right there? Only God can judge me. And I think to myself, if you only knew how much weight that statement carries. If you only had a clue just how real that judgment is, if you only had a clue what would be the end thereof, I believe that everybody would think twice. If you only had an inkling of what the end thereof would be for those that reject the love of God. Listen to me this morning, brothers and sisters, and if you don't get anything else today, if those listening on our podcast, if those watching online, if you don't get anything else, hey man, you can just turn it off after this. If you don't get anything else from what I'm preaching this morning, you hear me this morning. When you reject the love of God, the only thing left for you is the judgment of God. When you reject the love, And the mercy and the salvation of God. There is nothing left for you but the judgment. There's nothing in between. There is no purgatory. There's no waiting room. Don't buy into all of that stuff. Because Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 spells it out clearly. It says that it is appointed unto men once to die. And then comes the judgment. If you reject the love of God, if you reject this so great a salvation, amen, and the end comes for you, amen, you are whisked away out of this life before the judgment of the righteous God. It is appointed unto men once to die and then the judgment. And I want somebody to hear me this morning. When the judgment comes, When the end comes, there is no delaying the judgment. It says it is appointed unto man once to die and then comes the judgment. Brothers and sisters, hear me this morning. Somebody out there, hear me this morning. When the end comes for you, there is no excuse that you can make that will pardon your soul. It won't matter who you point the finger at. And say, I couldn't go to church because that person hurt me. And I couldn't go to church because that person lied to me. And that person gossiped about me. And the pastor made me mad. Hey man, I couldn't go to church uh, because my parents forced me to go when I was young. I had somebody say that to me a while back. Somebody said, well maybe, maybe you shouldn't have forced your kids to go to church as they were growing up. And I said, Well, I forced my kids to take showers too, and they don't hate showers. Don't give me that nonsense. That's a lie from hell. I'll tell you what, making my kids go to church, that's called good parenting. You let somebody hear me this morning. That's called good parenting. It's always been the rule of my house that as long as you live under my roof, you'll go to church. But when the end comes, When the end comes, hey man, you're not going to stand before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ and say, well Lord, I couldn't serve you because this person said this. I couldn't serve you. Hey man, because my mom and dad made me go to church. I couldn't serve you because people at school made a big deal about it. There'll be no excuse that will pardon your soul when the end comes. It'll have no bearing, no bearing on the judgment. Because there's a way. There's a way that seems right. There's a way that feels right. Brothers and sisters, look outside the walls of this church. There's a way that they're saying is right. We have one political candidate That said if an 8-year-old boy feels like he's a girl, the parents can't stand in the middle of that young person getting hormone therapy. That is sick. That's sin. That's everything against that book. But we've normalized sin. We've said fornication, sex outside of marriage. That's okay. It's okay to live together outside of marriage. I'm sorry, I'm preaching on a soapbox this morning. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. There's a way that seems right. Hey man, I walk around the store sometimes. Brother Carl, i got to walk around like this because of the way the young people are dressing today. There's a way that seems right! My heart grieves about what churches are allowing. Young ladies on church platforms in leggings. Young men on church platforms with holes all through their jeans. With a baseball cap on backwards playing drums. There's a way that seems right! Young people experimenting with homosexuality because it's hip and it's cool. Why? Because there's a way that seems right. People entering into the covenant of marriage already thinking about divorce. And the minute something goes haywire, the minute something goes off the rails, the minute you have your first argument, man, you already got one foot outside the marriage. You're just waiting for something to let you get the other one out. Why? Because there's a way that seems right. But the end, the end thereof, the end thereof, please consider the end thereof. We, uh, the big thing in our country right now is the confirmation hearings of the Supreme Court Justice um, Amy Barrett. It got me thinking while I was putting these notes together. In a court of law, in a court of law when a defendant is brought before the judge, there's only two verdicts that can come down. When you're brought before a judge and you are accused of something, there's only two verdicts that are going to come down. You are either going to be declared guilty or you are going to be declared innocent. And each one of those verdicts carries its own weight and circumstances. For those that stand before the judge and they're found innocent, we know that they are released and granted freedom. But for those who live carelessly, for those that decided to live with no fear of God, For those that refuse to repent time after time and day after day has God patiently waited. For those that failed to take advantage of that space of time between what feels right and the end. For those that rejected God, even for those that have known this wonderful truth and walked away, the verdict will look much, much different. There'll be no liberty in that verdict. There'll be no freedom in that verdict. As a matter of fact, the apostle Peter, he says it like this with very, very strong language in 2 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 20. He says this, he said, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of this world... Brothers and sisters, do you know what you're doing living in the church right now? Do you know what you're doing when you lifted your hands, amen, and you gave glory to Jesus? Amen. You were celebrating the fact that you have escaped the pollutions of this world. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for the church today. Thank God that my mind ain't warped by all that sin out there. Thank God that I still believe in dividing lines and I still believe in holiness and I still believe in standards. I still believe in drawing lines. I still believe that right is right and wrong is wrong. Because I have escaped the pollutions of this world. He said they escaped it through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They are again entangling therein and overcome. He said this for those folks. He said, the latter end of them is worse than in the beginning. He said for after they've escaped the pollutions of this world through Jesus when they become entangled back into the pollutions of this world, he said the end, brothers and sisters, the end, he said, would be worse off for them than the beginning. And then he goes on to make some pretty strong comparisons. He said, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. Oh, that's strong language. Let me translate that for you this morning. He said it would have been better had they never been baptized in Jesus' name. It would have been better had they never been filled with the Holy Ghost. It would have been better had they never sat in a church where they're hearing the truth preached. He said it would have been better for them not to know the way of righteousness than after they have known to turn away from the holy commandment delivered unto them. He said, it would have been better for you, friend, had you never stepped foot in an apostolic church and heard one sermon that it would be for you to know the ways of righteousness and walk away from it. And then he goes on to make this comparison. He said, but it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again. And the sow that was washed, he said, she's turned to wallowing in the mire. The Apostle Peter said if you've known this wonderful truth and you've been walking with God and you go back to the ways of the world, he said it's like a dog that turned around to go eat its own vomit. It's like a sow that was washed clean and decided to go waller in the mire. Hey, let me tell you something. When you walk outside the confines of the church, amen, and you start looking for pleasure and you start looking for fulfillment outside the walls of the church, you're just going back and wallering in the same mire that God pulled you out of in the first place please consider this morning the end thereof and I don't want us to uh, misunderstand today I don't want there to be misunder- any misunderstand this morning the Bible is very very clear that judgment isn't only for the sinner Let me say that again. The Bible is very clear that judgment isn't only for the sinner, judgment is for the saint as well. Again, the Apostle Peter, he talks about this in his first epistle, 1 Peter chapter 4, starting at verse 17. He says, For the time has come that judgment must begin where? In the house of God. He said, judgment must begin in the house of God. And if it first begin at us, He says, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? Now watch this. This ought to scare. This ought to get our attention this morning. Verse 18. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, He said, if those that God deems righteous, if you're just barely saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? He said, you're sitting in the church. He said, you know me, you pray, you walk in my spirit, you're faithful in all the things I've done for you. He said, if you're judged and just scarcely saved, then there's no hope for the ungodly. There's no hope for the sinner. There's no hope for the unrepented. Oh, brothers and sisters, hear me this morning. How often you and I, and I'll lift my hand before I ask you to lift yours. How often you and I overlook the blessing of being in the church. We do. How often we take for granted our church services. How often we take for granted the preaching of the Word of God. How often we give so little thought that judgment actually begins right here. It's so easy. It's so easy to get wrapped up in in routine, Brother Carl. It's so easy. Well, Sunday's church day and Tuesday's church night. I got Bible study. I got service. It's so easy to get wrapped up in the routine. It's so easy to get wrapped up. Well, I wake up in the morning and and I start prayer at 4.45 or 5 a.m., And that's my prayer time, and that's that little allotted time that I give to God. Amen. And and, and then I check that off my religious checklist. But we fail to see sometimes how blessed we are. Amen. There's a very small group of us in here this morning, but I'll tell you right now, you're a whole lot better off in this small group this morning, amen, than being in a large group out there. Oh, you hear me this morning. Amen. We're so blessed to be in this house, to be in His presence, to hear his word. Hey man, I know there's a lot of people going to football games today and they're going to look like they're having a good time and they're going to high five and they're going to jump around and they're going to dance and they're going to shout. Hey man, but I would rather do it in the house of the Lord. God help us this morning. Help us this morning to get excited about coming to church again. God help us this morning. I got up this morning. I'll I'll be very honest with you. I was very excited about church this morning. I was very excited about what Jesus wanted to do. Amen. And it's not just because I knew what I was going to preach. I was just anticipating. Amen. That God wanted to do something here today. And He is. But God, help us get excited about church again. God, help us put away our our silly religious routines, amen, that couldn't save anybody. God, help us get excited about the presence of God again. God, help us get excited about, about praying. Listen to me this morning. Praying until you come into His presence. Don't stop praying until you know He's there. The Bible tells us that God speaks to our hearts. I'm not going to keep you much longer this morning. God speaks to our hearts. God dispenses grace through the preaching of His Word. God increases faith through the preaching of the Word. For faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The preaching of the Word of God, it convicts our hearts. It causes us, it leads us to repentance. The Word of God is a mirror, Sister Sharon. It's a mirror by which we see our true reflection. It's the mirror by which we can see the things that we need to change. I said in the beginning of this message, or the beginning of this service, I said, I thank God for the men of God that preached to me and wasn't afraid of my opinion. They preached the Word of God. They preached me out of hell. They preached me to love holiness. I'm thankful for those men that weren't afraid of other men. But we take for granted this Word. But God gives us grace through His Word. Whether it brings you through an altar, whether it changes your life, whatever it does, God works on our hearts and we're so so blessed to be here this morning. God gives us the preached words so that we would judge ourselves. You've heard me preach on that many times. My family has heard me speak on this many times that self-examination is one of the greatest gifts God ever gave us. But the responsibility in self-examination is being honest with what you find. Because, Sister Joyce, a lot of times we examine our walk with God and we go... Well, I go to church on Sunday. I go to church on Tuesday. I pray every day. I read two chapters exactly in my Bible every day. I'm good. But when was the last time you prayed until you were enveloped in His presence? When was the last time you were reading your Bible and something jumped off the page because God wanted to speak to you through His Word? We got to judge ourselves. The apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He said if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. He said, but when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. Why? Why does God chasten us? Why does God convict our hearts? Why do we why do we walk out of church sometimes upset with the pastor? I hope that doesn't happen a whole lot. But praise God if it does. Why does God chasten us? So that we're not condemned with the world. Why does the pastor get in the pulpit and preach about hell? Why am I up here preaching about the end thereof? Because I don't want anybody in this church today. Amen. When the judgment comes, and when the judgment comes down, to be condemned... With this world. We come to church, we hear the word of God, we come into the presence of God, and we need to judge ourselves by that word. Because guess what? 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10. Guess what? We must all, everybody say, all. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Only God can judge me. Don't worry, friend. He will. He will. But I would recommend before that time comes, I would recommend before the end comes, hey man, that you judge yourself. I would recommend that you judge the choices that you're making. I would recommend that you judge the influences in your life. I would recommend that you judge the friends you're hanging out with. I would recommend that you judge the people you surround yourself with. I would recommend that you judge yourselves. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in His body. In other words, the things you did while you were on this side of the earth. according to that He hath done, whether it be good or bad. He said, you're going to have consequences whether you did right or whether you did wrong. He said, we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. In Matthew chapter 6, and this this won't be on the screen, I'm just going to paraphrase this. In in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said that there are those, there are those that are storing up treasures in heaven. They're storing up treasures in heaven in this life. Why? Or how? Because their hearts are after God. But then Jesus flips that coin over. Amen. How many understands that God always gives us a choice? Amen. Let me tell you something. True love is about free will. And God will never strong arm you into loving Him. But He flips that coin over. And the Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 2 and verse 5. He says, but after the hardness of the impenitent heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath. In revelation of the righteous judgment of God. He said, there are those right now that are storing up treasures in heaven. You may not have riches in this earth, You may not have what everybody else has. You may not be the most popular girl at school. But if you'll store up treasures in heaven, I promise you, what's on the other side of the end is going to be better than anything you could have possibly ever had on this side. And Jesus said that there are those that are storing up treasures in heaven. He said, but there are also those right now because of the hardness of their heart. Because of the rebelliousness in their heart. He said, they're not storing up treasures. He said, they're storing up wrath. My God, hear me this morning. I can't think of anything more terrifying than standing before the righteous judge, Jesus Christ, and Him saying to me, Depart from me. Depart from me into everlasting torment, thou worker of iniquity. Thou worker of rebelliousness. Depart from me. I never knew you. It didn't matter who I sent into your life. It didn't matter the influences I gave you. It didn't matter how many church services you attended. It didn't matter you still walked away and you rejected this so great a salvation. So because of the hardness of your heart, you are storing up wrath. I wonder if there's somebody here today. I wonder if there's somebody listening. I wonder if there's somebody watching that'll consider the end thereof. I'm closing this morning. Listen to me. I've not come this morning with the intent to scare you. I have not. I've not come this morning with the intent to scare you. But well, let me tell you something. If this word has struck some feeling of fear in someone's heart, I'm at peace with that. I'm okay with that. You say, well, Pastor, why would that be okay? Because of what Jude wrote in Jude chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. He said, and if some have compassion, making a difference. He said, there's going to be some you're going to win to the Lord simply by having compassion. And don't, don't get me wrong. We need to have compassion for everybody. He said, but there's some that you're going to win to the Lord through kindness, through compassion, through love. He said, but there's going to be other nuts that are going to be a little harder to crack. Verse 23, he said, and others save with fear. Save with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. Listen, there's some people you can have compassion and they'll willingly come along with you. But there's some people, Sister Joyce, it won't matter how many times you witness to them. It won't matter how many times you invite them to church. Let me tell you something, it won't matter how many times. We may pray for 100 people. We may pray for 50 people over the phone. I don't know. It won't matter how many times. There's some people that we're going to have to save with fear. There's some people you're going to have to reach in and pull them out of the fire. There's some people that compassion and love and caring is only going to go so far. There's some people you've got to remind the end is coming for you. Judgment's coming for you. Eternity is coming for you. And if that's not enough to prick somebody's heart, if that's not enough to call someone to cry out and repent and turn their lives around. If that's not enough, I don't know if there's anything else we can do. I said on the phone last week with our elder, and she was so sad, and she said, Pastor, I can't understand. I can't understand why, why people would walk away from this. She said, I, I can't understand I can't understand why we invite people to church and we tell them about the goodness of God and they don't even want to hear it. I'll tell you why, Sister Joyce. It's because of the hardness of their hearts. Somebody hear me this morning. The hand of God is reaching for someone. The hand of God is reaching for someone through this video. The hand of God is reaching for someone. God is trying to help you turn this around while you're in the space where He's given grace. I haven't come to this pulpit this morning to try to mess with anybody or freak anybody out. But I've come, amen, because we truly need to consider the end thereof. Because listen, you don't have tomorrow. You don't have tomorrow. You don't have that promise. You better make sure that your election is sure today. You better make sure your heart is right with God. So that leads me to what I'm going to close with this morning. And I don't think I'm talking to anybody in this church necessarily. But I am talking to people that will be watching this and I'm talking to people that will be listening to this podcast. Here's the question. How can I stand before God and be righteous? Pastor, how can I make sure today that I'm saved? How can I make sure today... That if the end comes for me, how can I be sure that when I close my eyes to this world, I asked somebody one time that walked away from the church, I said, if you close your eyes to this life right now and you open them again, what will you see? And that young man dropped his head and he shook it and he said, I don't know. Yes, he does. He does know. He just doesn't want to admit it. How can I make sure today that my salvation is sure? I'm going to give it to you out of the Bible. Jesus said in John chapter 3, He was speaking to Nicodemus, and I, we, we got to make sure we get this, and I, I don't believe this applies to anybody in this building this morning. But we got to make sure we get this so we can give it to other people. Jesus said in John chapter 3, He told Nicodemus, He said, Nicodemus, I know you're a religious man. I know you're the Pharisee. I know you're all read up on, on the prophets and the scriptures. He said, but Nicodemus, unless a man is born again, he can't enter the kingdom of heaven. He said it twice. He said, unless a man is born again, he can't even see the kingdom of heaven. You can't even catch a glimpse, more or less, get in. Nicodemus, he didn't understand. He said, I don't even know how I can be born again a second time. Am I supposed to go back into my mama's womb? He said, you don't get it because you don't understand spiritual things. And then Jesus expounded. He went a little bit further. John chapter 3 and verse 5. He said, unless a man is born of both. Everybody say both. Both Both water and spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And so, somebody hear me this morning. Whatever whatever they're preaching at your church, whatever your pastor's preaching, if he's preaching a salvation message that does not line up with being born of water and born of spirit, you need to get back into your Bible. I'm not saying that to disparage, I'm not taking a shot, I'm not trying to be mean in any shape, in any shape or form. I'm simply telling you what the Bible says. Jesus said you have to be born again of water and you have to be born again of spirit. So how do I do that? Do I say the sinner's prayer? No, because that ain't water and spirit. Do I sign a church card and join the church? That ain't got nothing to do with water and spirit. Do I confess and ask Jesus to come into my heart? That has nothing to do with water and spirit. Do I repent? That's part of it. But that's not water and spirit. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost was poured out, when the New Testament church was birthed, the Apostle Peter stood up and he preached the first New Testament sermon. And he preached to the Jews that they had crucified the Messiah. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, when they heard Peter's words, they were pricked in their heart. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, all of the apostles were there. Men and brethren, what shall we do? How can we be saved? Then Peter told them. Then Peter said unto them, Repent. That's what you got to do. I don't care what you repeat. I don't care what prayer you repeat that somebody tells you to. If you haven't repented, it's all for naught. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. It matters how you're baptized. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for what? For the remission, the payment, the washing away of your sins, and then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's your water And there's your spirit. When Jesus said you have to be born again of the water and spirit, the only thing Peter did that day was he just rephrased it. He said, I'll tell you how to be saved. Repent. Turn from your wicked ways. Ask God to forgive you. Turn around and decide that Jesus is going to be the the Lord of your life. He said, and then you got to go down in water and you got to have the name of the Lord called over you because that's the only thing that will remit your sin and then you got to allow God to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hey man, that's the gospel. That's the death, burial and resurrection. That's how to be born again of water and spirit. And so if there's anyone watching this that's that's near the Eaton Ohio or the Brookville Ohio or Brookville Indiana, not Brookville Ohio. Brookville, Indiana area, Liberty area. Anybody that's watching this, if you have never been baptized in Jesus' name, please send us an email, leave us a comment. Hey man, we'll meet with you. We'll show you in Scripture. We'll take you down in Jesus' name. If you have never been filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues like they did in the Bible, let me tell you, that is a gift that God wants you to have. Hey man, what you were feeling in your heart as you listened to this, And as you watch this, that was the hand of God reaching for you. You can receive the Holy Ghost just by simply lifting your hands and your heart to the Lord and worshiping God and allowing Him to fill you until you are speaking in that heavenly language. This is for whosoever will. Because the end is coming for every one of us. Oh friend, brother, sister... Don't let this opportunity pass you by, but I pray right now in the name of Jesus that this word, I pray, will convict somebody's heart. I pray that it'll open somebody's eyes. I pray that it'll get somebody turned around. Amen, share this message with somebody. Amen, send it to somebody. Share this podcast with somebody that you want to see saved because the end's coming for all of us. Amen, amen. Let's stand here this morning. This altar's open today. If you want to come and pray, you can come and pray. Hey, man, but but I, I would I would encourage you this morning. Search your heart. Hey, man, if you even if you even think that there's a possibility that there's something in there in my heart that could be working against the will of God. Oh, if there's if there's some sin in my life right now. Oh, God, I've got to get it out. Oh. Would you pray right now? God, search me right now. Search me, God, and help me, Lord. Oh, God, if I've got any unforgiveness in my heart, help me to get it out. God, if there's any prevailing sin in my life, if there's any thoughts, God, that I've entertained that I I shouldn't be entertaining, if there's any places that I've been going that I shouldn't be going, God, if there's any friends, any, any acquaintances, co-workers, God, Lord, if they're rubbing off on me instead of me rubbing off on them, God, oh, I pray help me today. Oh, God, help me to break free. Help me to break free because there's nothing in this world. There's nothing in this world. There's no amount of popularity. There's no amount of wealth. There's no amount of possessions. There's nothing that means more than my soul. There's nothing that means more than my eternity and glory. Oh, Oh, brothers and sisters, oh, if we could just come to understand the liberty, hallelujah, the liberty that is in this house. Oh, God, search our hearts today. Holy Ghost, prick our hearts today, God. Oh, God, let this word bear fruit, Lord, I pray, God, in your kingdom. Oh, God, search us today, Lord. Speak to us. Speak to us, God. Oh, hallelujah, God, that when the end comes, when the judgment comes, oh God, I pray, Lord, do whatever you got to do. I, I made mention earlier, I've been praying to be broken. God has shown me some things lately. And I've been praying to be broken. Because the only thing that matters, the only thing that matters to me, when I stand before the Lord, oh, the only thing I want to hear, oh, is well done. Well done, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'm so thankful for that slideshow that you all played for me earlier that took me back through over a decade of my ministry. But, brothers and sisters, it ain't going to matter. It ain't going to matter what I did over that course of time if I don't consider the end thereof. Oh, I pray that this word is spoken to somebody's heart today. I pray that this word has helped somebody take this video, share it, share this podcast. we got to reach as many as we can. This podcast is, is, is active in Russia. It's active in Singapore. It's active all over the United States. We want to reach as many as we can. In Jesus' name.